Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Whoa! Hooked on a feeling. I'm high on believing. That was inspired by the uh, the new uh, Guardians of the Galaxy teaser. Guardians two. Yeah, we got we brought it back. Hey, sequels. Yeah, I'm not allowed to talk about it. You go. Uh, Sequels. They always seem to do better than the original. So uh, here's hoping. Certainly hope so. Um, how's it going, everybody? You're listening to the Command Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. And we have a very fun special episode. It is our Commander 2016 preview card today. Uh, if you notice a little difference in the audio quality, Josh is currently in the Pacific Northwest. I am. Getting rained on. Really? Yeah, well, it's Pacific Northwest. I, I know. thought that was implied. <laughs> I don't know why I act surprised. <laughs> I was like, oh, of course. Makes total sense. Very exciting. We have three cards to talk about today. One is brand new, and two of them are reprints. But before we get into it, this show is sponsored by the one and only CardKingdom.com, which is where we hope you're going to buy all of your Commander 2016 singles when it comes out. Yeah, you really should, or order the uh, the full um, pre-constructed decks. They're awesome. I don't know about you, Jimmy, but I always order all of them. Yeah, so what I do every year is I definitely get one of each. Uh, sometimes I'll give extras to give away as gifts because these make perfect gifts for someone that's wanting to play Magic. Uh, and then I'll buy singles if there are certain cards that I really, really like. Yeah, that's a really good point. All you people out there who are looking to expl- expand the, your playgroup and the amount of people that play Magic or you're looking, looking to bring somebody into the Commander fold, this is a really good time of year to do it because pre-constructed Commander decks are the bomb. Yeah, and you're going to have extra time because we have the holidays right around the corner, so there's plenty of time to relax with friends, play a few games of Commander, introduce them to the format, and also, I find it really fun to play the pre-con decks. Yeah, just, we always do that. Take them right out of the box and play them that way a few times before starting to tune them and upgrade them. Uh, Remember, when you do order these on Card Kingdom, use the affiliate link, cardkingdom.com slash command zone. Yes, sir, indeedy. Uh, That will definitely show your support for the show and also let Card Kingdom know that we have sent you there. All right, I think we should just get right into it, huh? I know everybody's clamoring for it. Uh, we'll let you do the honors, Jimmy. Terry, can we have a drum roll, please? The card is Cruel 
Entertainment. Ooh. Six in the black for a sorcery. This card says, choose target player and another target player. The first player controls the second player during the second player's next turn, and the second player controls the first player during the first player's next turn. Uh, the picture is very apt. It is a man with two uh, sort of marionette-esque dolls, and he's playing them against each other. Yeah, it's he's like, it's a puppeteer, basically. Yeah, this card is a rare. Uh, there's a few things to note before we dive into the card. The first is we finally get a look at the set symbol. Now, some other cards may have been previewed already at this point, but uh, the set symbol is a sword and shield. We'll get more into that later. Yeah, we should mention that we're recording this the week before all the previews start. So we actually aren't privy to any of the other preview cards at this point. Um, so if some of the things we say are contradicted by cards that have come out, we apologize. At this point, we're just speculating on some things. Um, if they're correct, though, we're, boy, geez, Nostradamus over here. Yeah, <laughs> Nostra awesomeness. Um <laughs> This card is really interesting, and I sort of misread it the first time that I saw it. So it says, basically, when I first read it, I was like, oh, I get to take control of someone else's next turn, but then they take control of my next turn. But that's not actually what it says. It says target player and another target player. So, Jimmy, if I'm playing with you and Craig, I can make you take Craig's next turn and Craig take your next turn. Whoa, that's wild. <laughs> Interestingly enough, if you choose yourself and you're casting this at sorcery speed, that second player is not going to be able to control your turn until a full turn cycle comes around. Yeah, and so the really good uh, part of that is that sometimes they might not be, or, you know, they might not be alive anymore, so they don't have to take your next turn if you ah. have that kind of... So there's that upside as well. Yeah, certainly. Um, this card really is very interesting. We all know that uh, taking someone's turn or an extra turn is a very powerful effect. I think the new Emrakul is a great example of this. Um, just seeing it played in standard and just seeing the amount of havoc you can wreak to someone's hand and their board by making bad attacks, uh, by doing all sorts of just awful things to their hand. I really like this card if you're playing against someone like a control player or someone that has the, has the tendency of sandbagging their cards or is trying to set up a combo win because you're able to really disrupt that plan and oftentimes take away their win conditions entirely. I do think being able to use it on two uh, opposing players that aren't yourself is actually pretty powerful because let's think of that scenario, Jimmy, where I tell you you have to take Craig's next turn and Craig's going to take yours. When you're controlling Craig's turn, you're incentivized to wreak as much havoc as possible. Mm -hmm. And then when Craig's controlling your turn, he's incentivized to wreak as much havoc as possible. So what's happened is havoc has been wreaked on both of you, but not me. Yeah. So technically, you're quote-unquote down a card, right? Because immediately this doesn't do anything. But the right. potential upside of what could happen seems very high. And you make a really good point about me and Craig. We're two players that have a lot of history. Like, we're not going to hold back when we take each other's turns. We're, this is going to be the first time it's ever happened, I think. And it's going to be a very fun experience for me as a player. I think politically, this has a lot of implications depending on the two people you pick around the table. Yeah, for sure. And the types of decks they control. I mean, certainly it could sort of ice two players next turns because certainly Craig is not, whatever he does with your turn, Jimmy, he's not going to make you win. And whatever you do with his turn, you're not going to make him win because that would make you lose, if that right. makes sense. So if it's getting to the late turns of the game, I could see just casting it just to guarantee that neither player wins on their turn if it's getting to those like 
10, 11, 12, 13th turns where just the big things happen. Oh, wow. That's actually a really excellent point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, this definitely incentivizes you as well to make sure that the player's turn that you're taking does not win and is stripped of their win conditions, I think. And oftentimes, th- there is some downside, right? It's not all upside. The person could have a board wipe, and hey, you're the kind of deck yep. that doesn't want to get board wiped at this point. So I think you have to kind of play this very carefully. You need to do it in a position where you're not going to get punished by the entertainment you're putting on. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, yeah, on, I mean, realistically, I don't think it's a card that's going to see a ton of play, because it's kind of, it's almost like one of those chaos cards. Mm-hmm. Because it's too hard to determine exactly what it's going to do most of the time because of the the whole part where it, they take your turn sometimes. I mean, or or if you do two different people. I mean, it's just hard to say I put this in my deck and it does this. Mm-hmm. So it seems like sort of one of those more quote-unquote casual, just more fun cards. It's, it's probably not going into a ton of like highly tuned decks. Although, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's possible, though, that there's some combos, obviously, at this point that we haven't thought of that that sort of work in a weird way with taking extra turns. I'm not sure. Nothing comes to, to my mind off the top of my head, but I'd love to hear if people have those kind of thoughts of like, oh, this interacts really interesting with, you know, card X, Y, or Z. Yeah, it's interesting because I agree. This is definitely this definitely reads fun more than anything else to me. Um, the upside is, of course, you get to do something that has probably never happened in a commander player game before, unless two people had like Mind Slaver out, for instance. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. It's really hard for this exact effect to happen naturally with the cards that exist now. You know, I'd really love to see a position where you make sort of a uh, a controlish deck where you don't need to be so worried about yourself being affected by this creature-wise, or you have some sort of shields up, and then replicating the spell several times and just making everyone play the game sort of <laughs> around you, but for other people. I think it would be interesting that if you have four players, for instance all of the other three players are taking other people's turns and you're just quietly sitting there having a nice time or occasionally choosing someone else's turn to take. Because I think your first point of like, hey, let's say I take this person's turn and then make it so that it's just one-on-one versus me, that person, or they put themselves in the position that they're going to die. For instance, if they tap out, they're going to get swung at. So they, you make them do that. And by the time the mm-hmm. table comes back to you, they're done for. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's interesting. And I do like the idea of like copying it and sort of flashing it back and... Because you could get into a situation, especially in three-player games, where, like, again, let's say that's the scenario, you meet Craig, and I can somehow fork this, flash it back, fork it again. Now, all of a sudden, four turns in a row, somebody else has been controlling your turn, and, or sorry, somebody else has been controlling each of their turns, right? It doesn't matter that it's it's Jimmy and Craig have flipped each time. Still, that's kind of crazy if you could do this a few times, but... Because you can sort of ice two players out of the game as far as winning it. Now, they can still be effective against you, and I think if you did that, they would turn all of their cards against you in whatever manner they could. Yeah, absolutely. That's Yeah, that's definitely the, the danger is someone being like, oh, you want to puppet us? How about not? <laughs> yeah, how about I just play his stuff against you and he plays my stuff against you? Now what? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, it, I just made a 2v1 versus myself. Oops. Yeah, dang it. <laughs> dang. Um. Anyway, there's a lot to think about with this card. Again, I would be super happy to hear people's thoughts and the cool interactions that they see um, involving it. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. So if you guys obviously have uh, some interesting propositions to use Cruel Entertainment, make sure you guys let us know. You can post in our comment section on YouTube on rocketjump.com 
or you can just send us a tweet at CommandCast. But this card is interesting. Seven mana is definitely a bit up there, but I think I'm going to... I want to play this at least once in my life. It, it makes me really sad that my Chaos deck is Jeskai colored. I wish it had black in it. Hey, you know how many colored commanders are going to be in this set, Josh? Oh, man. I could add, <laughs> I could add a color and actually... Well, we'll get to that in a minute, but there's some... You had some interesting speculation, which I really, really like. Yeah. Um, but first, we're going to talk about the two reprints that we are also unveiling that are in this set. The first one is Eroas, God of Victory. Ooh, a so reprint. Eroas is two, a red and a white for a legendary creature. Sorry, legendary enchantment creature, God. He's a 7-4 with indestructible. As long as you're... Devotion to red and white is less than seven. Eroas isn't a creature. This is all the gods have this kind of wording. Mm -hmm. um, and then creatures you control have menace. People forget about that one. It's pretty good. Yeah. And then prevent all damage that would be dealt to attacking creatures you control. That's actually a very important clause. Um, for my Kalia deck, this is a great card to play because it makes her very hard to block and also can't be... Uh, can't be killed by sort of combat damage. Yeah, you're always worried with especially Kalia and, and certain cards that I need to attack with them because that triggers an effect or that makes something happen. But mm -hmm. then they just get blocked and they die, so that kind of <laughs> sucks. Um, yeah, can be good in like Narset also. Yeah, I and think, Alesha as well. Yeah, so I think Eroas is a good card. Not a great commander, but a good card in the 99 of many decks. Uh yeah, I like yep. I like Eros a lot. Um, it's also a card that was mythic, so the price was slowly getting up there. So it's nice to see it come back. Uh, it was printed in Journey into Nyx, so it's not that long ago. But I think all of the gods have incredible power in terms of the power level. Like, you know, Perforos is arguably the strongest red commander. Uh, yeah. And the fact that they all say indestructible as well means that they are sticking around for quite some time. Well, we should pause here really quick because, again, we don't know everything that's been spoiled at this point when you're listening to this. But at this point, we'd have to be speculative towards the fact that maybe all the gods are getting reprinted or yeah. maybe just a couple of them. It's hard to know. I would think that because we're seeing a two-colored god here that we're going to see a lot of other two-colored gods get their reprints. So Karanos, for instance, is a, is a card that I think definitely has a high chance of being printed uh, because we're in a four-color set and it wouldn't make sense to print the monocolored gods, I think. Well, that's really interesting because we do know we're in a four-colored set. And we know that generally, Watsi puts three legendary creatures in each deck. Mm -hmm. So now we've seen a legendary creature, and it's two-color, which is... It should have people scratching their head. It certainly has me scratching mine. Uh, let's read the next card, and we'll continue this line of thinking after that. Yeah, so this one's actually kind of special because this is the first time that we've seen this art on a non-foil that is uh, definitely a lot going to be a lot easier for players to get because it's one of my favorite arts in the game. It is Hannah, Ship's Navigator, who is a legendary creature human artificer for one, a white, and a blue. Again, two colors. It's a one-two. And for her casting costs, you can also tap her. So you pay one white and a blue, tap. Return target artifact or enchantment card from your graveyard to your hand. This art is yep. awesome. I love it. Yeah, this. Therese Nielsen, anything by Therese Nielsen. Yeah. I mean, sign me up. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, this card hasn't been reprinted since Invasion, uh, which is really notable. I think this card is 
awesome. I've, I've seen a lot of decks use this as an amazing utility creature in the 99, as well as uh, be a very powerful commander. Yeah, this is a very good card, very high power level. Anything that recurs your stuff, we've talked about it uh, many times, which is basically like a commander that has card draw on it. Um, yeah, super powerful. But the big thing I'm thinking about here is, oh, here we go. Another legendary creature in different colors, but it's two color. Yeah, and uh, something very interesting about this pops into my head, which is this returns target artifacts and enchantments. Irwas, who we just saw, is all about attacking. Now, there are enchantment auras and artifact equipment that are also focused on attacking. Yeah, that's true. We don't know, again, because we only have these two legendaries to go on. It could be that, and they've never done four-color commanders before, mm -hmm. it could be that there's a four-color commander in there, and they also threw in a couple two-color commanders. Although, that's usually weird because something like Hannah, you couldn't make it the general of your deck if it's got four colors of cards in it. You could right. only... I, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I don't want to go too on and on about the theory because if we're wrong, then it's just a lot of nothing. But uh, <laughs> okay, well, to the listeners, we already kind of did. But just to restate, if you have any cool interactions that go with our preview card, be really excited to hear it. Cruel entertainment. I want to know what you're brewing up with it. Yeah, absolutely. And once again, this show is brought to you by the one and only CardKingdom.com, where I hope to be able to purchase all of these singles if I don't get the decks or if I want another Hannah with this awesome new art on it into my yeah. collection. Yeah, make sure to order your stuff. Com uh, CardKingdom.com slash Command Zone. All right. Woo, Time for nice, the end step. Nice short little episode. We're on the end step, and this week we're talking about Westworld. Westworld. Yes, you've actually watched the show. I have not. Yeah, so this is a show on HBO right now. We've talked about Game of Thrones before in The Wire, and those are also both HBO shows. HBO has a good uh, good, good habit of putting out solid shows. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're pretty good. <laughs> yeah, pretty good record. Um, so Westworld is great. It's written by Michael Crichton, the original story. This new version is executive produced by J.J. Abrams and is led by Jonathan Nolan, who is Christopher Nolan's brother, who you remember Christopher for the Dark Knight uh, trilogy, as well as other amazing movies. Um, so it's really interesting. It's about a, a futuristic theme park gone wrong, and it actually was a movie in the past that you saw, Josh. Yeah, I've read the book, uh, again, by Michael Crichton. And yeah, it's an old movie with Yul Brenner from also many, many things like The King and I, the original Magnificent Seven, one of my personal favorite actors of all time. Uh, very familiar with the story. Michael Crichton evidently has a thing about theme parks that break down. <laughs> uh, Not just break did, down. <laughs> that go wildly awry. Yes, yes uh, people... he did Jurassic Park also. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the show is really great, though. They've put a new sort of shine and polish on it. Uh, it takes the story that we learned about in the original book and in the movie and... Uh, turns it up a notch with a bigger cast, um, sort of a more epic... Uh, it's got the classic J.J. Abrams mystery box in it, sort of a mystery that hangs over the whole thing and is really... Uh, it sucks you in. I can't, I can't deny it. I have definitely been saving all the episodes for a nice binge-watching marathon at some point with my girlfriend, so now I'm even more excited because it sounds like it's good. Yeah, see, it is really good so far. I'm looking forward to it. There are currently three episodes in, which is what I give a new show to decide if I like it or not. And after three, I'm already looking on the subreddits for the theories and all the other stuff, so I'm in. So you do like it. We know this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something else everybody out there would like if they just tried three episodes, I think, is the Masters of Modern podcast with <laughs> Alex Kessler and, the, and Ben Bateman and the Segway Man. Uh, you can... 
learn about modern as a format, all things competitive magic. You can find them on Twitter at the MMCast. And our editor for the show is the Terry Robertson, the Terry Robertson. There's only one. Uh, he does an awesome job making video versions of all of these shows. You're definitely going to want to listen to the video version, watch the video version of this one because we talk about very specific cards. You get to see the new art for our spoiler or our preview card as well. So make sure you guys check that out at youtube.com slash the command zone podcast. And a big thanks to Jeffrey Palmer who makes the living card animations for the show. You can find him on Twitter at livingcardsmtg. All right, everybody. This was a short one. We did have three preview cards, which is first for us. Very excited about that. Hopefully next time they give us a actual commander, like a new one, but maybe there aren't any. We don't even know. Yeah. Who knows? We'll find out soon, right? Yep, we will. Thanks for listening. All right, and we'll see you later. Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs) Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.